Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Bentz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Today's episode is sponsored by our premium Wix templates. If you're totally stumped on how to build your own website, but can't afford to hire a designer, that does not mean that you should skip out on the important things in the process like professional design, sales formula, copywriting, and search engine optimization. Our premium Wix website templates are created with marketing and sales in mind. And the best part is that you can have a professional looking and functional website in just under 24 hours. Our website templates are completely stress-free. They're easy to use, so that means no Photoshop or coding required. They are designed to convert based on our signature homepage formula, and they are ready to launch as soon as you are done designing. So if you want to check this out, get it at mbmagency.com forward slash shop and use the discount code mindset to get 30% off. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to have Andrea Navis here with me today. We're going to talk all about systems, what you need to do to create them for your business and how life-changing they can be for your business. But Andrea is the CEO of Moonlush Studios. She is an OBM to seven-figure entrepreneurs and a business mentor for VAs and OBMs. And in her Instagram bio, it says she 10x her nine to five income in just three months. So, you know, we're going to have to get into that. (laughs) But Andrea, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like super excited. Yeah, me too. So Andrea and I have met through like mutual online friends. Her and I were both summit speakers at Camille Colley's event, the Abundant Entrepreneur. And I loved her talk. It was all about systems and those listening have probably heard me talk about systems on my podcast because for me, when I started my business, so a little bit about me, um, I started as a freelancer. So I started this, I was working for a night, a full-time job, um, started as a side hustle. So I was freelancing. And then once I started building and scaling and hiring people on, I still treated it like almost like a freelance business. And then I ended up hiring a business coach and he was like, you know, things are all over the place. You need to do like systemize things. And as soon as I did that, I was like, whoa, I felt like I was working much less, but had the opportunity to make much more because I now was focusing on selling and the things that were important. So I feel like systems is something that people don't necessarily think is important. They don't think, you know, it's not this like shiny thing when they first start out, but once you do it, you're like, whoa, how did I not do this sooner? <laughs> yes, 100%. I feel like people don't really understand what systems are. Like you said, like, yeah, you need to have systems. You need to have your backend set up, but they don't really grasp what what that really entails and what that's going to make for your business. And in mm-hmm. all reality, without having scalable systems, your business is never really going to be able to scale. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm super, super excited to get into all of that. But before we do get started, tell me about your entrepreneurial journey and how did you get to where you are today? Oh my God. I don't know if like other people feel this way, but I feel like I was born to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I started my first side hustle. I was in second grade. That's <laughs> I will awesome. make I will make jewelry with um with my mom. My mom will help me to make jewelry and then I will sell it at school. And in Christmas, um our buildings will create like this bazaar mm-hmm. where you know different like the people that live in the building will sell food or clothing or anything that they will that, that was handmade. Um so we'll always go down to the bazaar and just have our little spot yeah. and sell our jewelry. Um so that was like really my first business to put it that way. That's awesome. And yeah. that's kinda yeah, that's kinda where everything started. So a lot of my desire to become an entrepreneur, I had to give it to my dad. Um, my dad opened up his first business when I was born, so the year that I was mm. born. And even though I, when I was growing up, I pretty much had everything that I could ever ask for, my dad always raised me in that way that I was never going to get things handed to me. I had to work for it. And I remember clearly being super, super young. I was maybe like five or six. And I would go to his office to, you know, hang out for a little bit with him or whatever. And the the people that were there that were like um, in the call center part, which is kind of where you started in his business, uh, will always be like, oh, she's going to be the next boss. Just wait for her to turn 18. She's going to be looking <laughs> around. I mean, I will always say in front of everyone, he will be like, no, she's going to start like everyone else from the bottom and work her way mm. up. So he never raised me with that, like here, you know, I work my butt off, so here's everything to you. He always raised me in a way that whatever I wanted to have, I had to work for it. And I'm very, very thankful for that because it made me really appreciate what I have. And it made me really, really push as far as I have to, to get to where I want to be, right? Um, So yeah, when I turned 18, I believe, yeah, I was like 18. I got uh, my first sales job um, at a sales and marketing firm. And that's kind of where like the marketing and sales um, knowledge comes from. And that's where I met my boyfriend and he's also a serial entrepreneur and everyone around me just kind of started like my circle just started being surrounded by entrepreneurs. So it just gave me that much more like excitement to like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right, let's do this and let, and let's get this started. So Fun story, Moonlosh actually was born as an online clothing store. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. So last year, um, I think it was like mid-year, I started getting into the drop shipping. I found in these wholesalers. Mm. Um, and yes, and I found it very interesting like that you were able to have your online store without really having to have um, like a stock, like a full stock in, in with you. Yeah. Um, so I got into that and I started selling on eBay and okay. was doing very well. So I decided to like, hey, let's just open my Shopify. Yeah. So I opened a Shopify, I believe it was September of last year. And it was doing very well. And then the whole COVID thing happened. And most of my merchandise was coming from outside of the United States. Mm. So when COVID hit, it just really put a stop. And I was very new in business. I didn't really know much about how... <laughs> 
the, the e-commerce side of things work. Um, and at the same time, I was doing my virtual assistant, which technically I've been doing virtual assistant work for about four years, okay. but I always did it as a side thing and okay. mostly to help like friends and family out, but never really as a business. Um, so November of last year, I already had the Muller store and I was working at a federal government job um, that was a contract for a year and the contract was ending in November. Mm. And that was a wake up call to me because I was like, do I really want to spend the rest of my life jumping from jobs to jobs and yeah. jobs and jobs? Yeah. Or do I just want to go for it and build my own business and hope for the best, right? Um, so that was when I decided, I was like, okay, I've been doing the virtual system thing for a really long time. I know what I'm doing. Let me just go into the online world and see how I can make this work. So I started, um, I started going or marketing myself as a virtual assistant on the online world. I got my first client. Um, she was great, but she was not my ideal client. She was paying mm -hmm. like $350 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like that for about, I don't know, maybe three months until I hired a business coach and I decided like, okay, it is time for me to move into the OBM role because it's really what my main focus is rather than just doing the, the tasks. Um, at the time, I didn't even know what a OBM yeah, was. Yeah, I was going right? to say, could you, could you explain the difference between VA and then uh, OBM? Yes. Yeah, so I focus a lot of my content into the difference between virtual assistant and OBM because even though OBM has been around for a really long time, in the online world, like coaching world, whatever you want to call it, it's not that popular mm -hmm, as being mm -hmm. a virtual assistant. So the way I like to explain it, it's a virtual assistant, it's your task grabber. It's a person that you're going to give a task and she's going to get it done right there and then. But the online business manager, it's more of a, um, how do I explain it? Okay, so let's put it this way. Um, the online business manager, you come to her, you give, you have an idea, and this person brings the idea to life. Gotcha. So all the way from sense. making the strategy of how we're going to make this idea to life to implementing it. Mm. Um, so that's like that's more higher level. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the whole deal of the OBM is like the OBM doesn't need training. Right. So when you hire OBM, it's because this specific OBM has all of the knowledge from your specific needs for your business, the programs that you use while you're trying to, to work in your business. Um, while a virtual assistant, they knew the basics and then you really have to train them into the processes of your mm -hmm, business. Mm -hmm. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Yeah, so at the time, I had no idea what an OBM was until I found, I believe it was Kristen on Instagram. I was like, wait, what is this? So I started looking into what an OBM was, and I'm like, wait, this is everything that I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so I felt that was, um, that was really the key of me pivoting because as a virtual assistant, I was marking myself as a virtual assistant, but I wasn't really aligned with what a virtual system was. And mm. I felt that was the main reason why my business wasn't growing as a virtual system. The moment that I pivoted into the OBM world, that's when everything really changed. So at that time I hired a business coach and I was like, Hey, I've been looking into the being an OBM. I don't know if it's the right move to, for me to make. Um, 
what do you think? So it's just like, hey, if this is what you feel that it's your expertise, then go for it. So we started marketing into the OBM and at the time was going cop ahead. Um, at first I was like, okay, let me just stop everything. Uh, you know, let me just stay safe, continue with my job and we'll get back to, uh, to business later on when things kind of like go back to normal, which I'm so thankful that I didn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think things will ever go back to normal. Um, but yeah, like I have maybe like two weeks of like panicking and then I was like, okay, you know what? Like if we're going to do this, we're going to do this now. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like, sorry, side note, I feel like no. if you're able to build it during COVID, during such a tough time, like I could only imagine what is going to happen once things go to somewhat of a normal routine. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, listen, this is probably the worst thing that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm able to like build my business during this time, there's nothing that I cannot do. So I decided to go for it. I put a stop to the store and I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus hundred percent on the OBM um, side of things. And my goal at the time, which is so funny, my goal at the time with my coach was to quit my nine to five by September. I don't know why. Like I September, September 2020? Yes. Okay. So it's like, I want to quit my nine to five, not later than September. It's just like, that's really far because this was in February. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was like, she was like, this is, that's really far because it was like end of February, beginning of March. And I was like, yeah, but you know, like just to be safe, like, you know, when you have that, um, like that you were nervous like, a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. that you're, that, that you're good at this, but you don't really know if it's, you can make it a business. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> I've definitely, definitely felt that. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like, okay, um, September, it's just like a safe time. It's just like, you're going to do it before that. It's like, hey, if I do it before that, perfect. But I, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. September, it's good. And <laughs> you can see um, spot. Yeah, I'm like, that, that's safe. Um, actually, my last day at my 9 to 5 was June 29. So way before September. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so that's kind of where it all started, really. <laughs> Nice. That I love that story. So I know there's, so our podcast has a lot of different range of listeners. I know there's a lot of people who are just starting very beginning. This is a side hustle, or maybe they've had a business for a while, but they're just getting into the online world. So I'm curious, and this is a question I ask people often because I like to see the variety and answers and to give people some inspiration. But when you started posting on Instagram and posting online, one, I, have, I guess two questions. One, did you have a lot of followers that were business owners? And then two, how long did it take you to sign your first client? Okay, so when I decided to open up, to like really take it serious and make it a business, it was probably in January when I was like, okay, if I don't go on social media, I'm not going to make it, period, mm-hmm. right? Like I was, I was on Facebook and I was going to like Facebook groups okay. and things like that. But I realized that my ideal client wasn't really there. Um, and I was having a hard time finding clients here. So I was like, okay, I really need to go into Instagram and, and get on it. But I was, I was terrified. Um, nobody in my life actually knew what I was doing. Um, the only person that knew was my boyfriend, but like my family didn't know, my friends oh. didn't know, nobody knew at all. And I was like, I was so afraid that if I went onto Instagram, my, you know, people were going to like on my, on my personal Instagram, people were going to find out and, you know, like 
who am I to build a business type of yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I don't, I don't want nobody's opinion to like really affect my decision into going into this business. So I was like, either way, the people on my personal Instagram are not my ideal clients. So I'm not gonna go into that. And I decided to just start a new Instagram from scratch. Gotcha, gotcha. And at that time, it was called the CEO VA because I was like marketing myself as a right hand woman to CEOs. And I started that from scratch in January. And it wasn't, I think by March, I had like 300 followers or 200 something followers. But it wasn't really until I moved over to OBN that like my Instagram started growing. So right now, I believe I'm like 500. And since I'm going through the rebrand with Kay, yeah. I've really been posting lately. Um, but yeah, it's how do I put it? Like, if you want to start a business, just go for it. Yeah. And it is scary. Like anything new that you do out of your comfort zone, it is scary at first. But it comes down to like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I kept telling myself that, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't work out that's fine. I'll try something else. Whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll Mm -hmm. move on. But unless you actually start, you're not going to know if it's going to work out or not. That is so true. That is so true. And like, I'm sure you've probably heard this, experienced this, but once you start doing it, like you're going to surprise yourself. You surprise Mm -hmm. yourself of what you can do. So I I just, I love your story. I love uh, Andrea posted recently a little bit of your story too. And I, I just love it because I can resonate so much with it from the beginning of my journey of like, feeling those fears, having to make a decision of like, okay, am I going all in with this now? Or do I, am I just going to stick working a nine to five? And sometimes when you just have no other choice and you just go for it, that's when you make it happen. Um, But again, kind of a a couple more questions before we get into all the system stuff. So you have about 500 followers now Mm -hmm. and you are still able to 5X your income from your nine to five. I just love hearing those numbers because I feel like a lot of people think they need thousands upon thousands of followers to be super successful. And I love those numbers because it's like so realistic for people. Um, so, and then where do you think the majority of your people come? Is it like Instagram referrals? How do you think? Um, okay. So my first, my first two clients came from Instagram. Like they reached out to me. Um, and I was like, Hey, let's do it. So Obviously, the first clients that you get are never really your ideal client. And if you're able to get your ideal client starting off, then props to you. <laughs> but when you start your business, you think you know who your ideal client is. But it isn't until you start working with different kind of people that you realize who you really feel comfortable working with mm-hmm, and who mm-hmm. really um, becomes your ideal client. So I'll say like the first, I don't know, like four clients that I had were not my ideal client whatsoever. Um... I was like super undercharging them because again, when you're starting, you don't even know how much you're supposed to be charging. Um, but the first couple of clients, like the first two clients that I got, I got them from Instagram and everything else just came from referrals, right? So I made, I'm, I don't have the time to be like cold pitching people yeah, yeah. <laughs> to begin with. And it's just not something that I'm comfortable with. Like, yeah. like I was saying, the job that I had, the sales job that I had was the door to door sales. And that built me up a lot and taught me a lot, but it's not something that I enjoy doing. So I don't practice that within mm-hmm. my business. 
all of my clients that I have right now are referrals from the awesome. previous clients that I work with, from people that I have just built relationships on Instagram and they have referred me to, um, to people that were needing my services. And it just comes to show that it doesn't matter. Like if you have 10,000 followers, mm-hmm. it just really matters of who you build a relationship with. And I think that's something that people take for granted on yeah. social media. Like social media is not as social <laughs> as it should be. Um, but really building like strong relationships with people without just trying to sell them, mm-hmm. it, it will make a difference in your yeah. business, especially when you're starting. I agree. And I think that is such, such great advice for everyone listening. Cause I think a lot of times, even when I, before I started posting on Instagram for like my own stuff, I was like, is this really going to work? You know, is this really going to happen? But it's true. We've had so much success with Instagram as well. So I'm like, anyone listening, if you haven't started doing it, you got to start, <laughs> you got to start. Um, but okay. So in the abundant entrepreneur summit, you talked about the three systems that you need to set up in the beginning stages of your business. And those were onboarding, project management, and email marketing. So I wanted to discuss each one just a little bit, um, just for people to get an idea, understand why this is important. So let's start with onboarding. What does this entail and why is it important? So onboarding, it's your first impression. It's your client's first impression, right? So I always see onboarding as dating and I talk about this in the one entrepreneur summit but basically if you're going out on a date and the person that you are meeting up with it's late when it shows up it looks like he just got out of the bed like the clothes are all wrinkly <laughs> the clothes are all wrinkly that you know their hair's not done doesn't even look like they're watching your face you're immediately going to want to like get out of there you don't yeah, want to continue yeah. getting to know that person but if the person it's already there waiting for you when you get there and it's super, you know, well-dressed according to the place and smells good and it's super um, educated and a gentleman, then you want to get to know this person. You want to continue on the day and maybe go on a second day and whatsoever. Um, but that's kind of what onboarding is for your business. It's that first date with your client. So it's more than just a sales call. Like the sales call is the first time that they meet you but really when they're going to see how the experience is within your business is through the onboarding process so if the onboarding process it's not organized it's like all over the place the client doesn't know what to expect next what's the next step then they're not really going to want to continue the relationship they might just cut off ties before it even gets started mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. finish that job and never <laughs> you never hear from them again and then they're never going to refer you and Really, you don't want to build a business where you have to be constantly selling and constantly looking for clients. You want to build a business that it's going to get to a point where all of the clients are coming to you because you have done such a good job with previous clients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that's pretty much why onboarding it's so so important and the main reason of of having a smooth onboarding process. So what's into the onboarding process? The onboarding process goes from the moment that you send the contract the invoice, followed by a welcome email. And the welcome email, welcome packet, whatever you prefer to do, it's basically where you have the expectations, right? Like, what is your client going to expect next? Anything that you need to give the client, a link to set up an onboarding call, um, any documents, anything that you need to give to a client, it's going to be done through that email. And I also love to do a checking form 
within that first welcome email to get as much information as possible from that mm-hmm. client and not just about their business but about their personal life right like gotcha. do they have kids like when's their birthday what's their hobbies so that way you can really personalize your I love services. that yeah especially like yeah. birthdays you can send them a card or something like that you can yeah. send them a card you can send them a gift card a gift whatever you want um I am currently working on creating kind of like a uh, welcome box, gift box. So with this uh, check-in form, you really get to know what they like, what they're into. So you can make that gift Mm. very personalized to them and you can make a very good experience. I am huge into client experience. If you make your your client be your biggest fan, that client's going to bring you so much more. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100, 100, (laughs) 100,000%. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, the onboarding process, and it's one thing that my clients, when when I was working with like more newer clients, they never really had a strong onboarding process or a seamless onboarding process. It was kind of like all over the place. You know, they will send a country whenever they had a chance, and they will send an invoice whenever you have a chance. And when you think about it, when you don't do things right at, there and then, these are people that are spending money on you. And buyer's remorse is the real thing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get a contract out right away after the call and you don't get an invoice out right away after the call, they're going to start questioning if, you know, they did the right thing, if they made yeah. the right purchase. And you don't really want to to get to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so having an automated onboarding process is just going to be the key to, to build a good relationship from the beginning. I love that. And I love the welcome email. Um, it, it's so funny. I, I've been in business for a few years, but in 2020, the beginning of it is really when I started focusing on our online process because before I would be good at sending contracts and invoices, but something that I started implementing recently this year is that welcome email. And we kind of, I mean, we kind of had a welcome email, but this time I have like a welcome packet. We have the forms, we have like everything that they need all there in one. And I can say it's, I feel like for the client, they're like, okay, like, you know, it's so much easier for them to do everything but then for us as a team it made the process flow so much easier even the design process like right we'll send out like a questionnaire they'll have everything answered and it then I pass it on to the designer so it's just it flows so smoothly something so simple but it's made our life like 10 times easier so a hundred percent and yeah. I'm here to like fake it till you make it like just because you're starting out and it's your first week <laughs> in business people don't need to know that yeah. like, and especially if you look professional you have the thing they're gonna be like wow okay exactly so like if you I, I always say if you want to be a seven-figure business owner then you have to act like you're a seven-figure business owner from day one yeah and yeah. that client experience that like professionalism from the beginning of the relationship it's what's going to give that mm-hmm. and i've even asked our, our people um our clients like you know why do you send us referrals why do you keep coming back to us and the answer is so simple but it's crazy how many people don't do it and it's basically the client experience we meet our deadlines because in the online world you're working with a lot of creatives who could be you know all over <laughs> all over the place Um, but something as simple as that, where you think that should be kind of like almost common sense, you'd be surprised with how many people don't do it. And that's actually Mm -hmm. what makes you stand out. Um, okay. Let's talk about project management. I know this is huge. I know you love Asana. I'm obsessed with Asana as well. (laughs) Um, for me, the project management side, um, was a huge, huge game changer on our end, but tell me about it. How, like explain to people 
what is a project management system? Why is it important? Why do they need it? How can they get started? It's so funny because um, somebody reached out on Instagram and they're like, hey, what do you use for your to-do list? I'm like, Asana, like the best <laughs> in the world. And they're like, so do you use it for like your daily tasks or like your weekly tasks or your monthly tasks? I'm like, I manage my entire business through Asana. Same. I'm like, I don't know what I would do without Asana. <laughs> I really don't like I for sure wouldn't be able to turn anything in on time <laughs> if it wasn't for Asana to begin with um but yeah it's like Asana I, I can go over Asana for forever <laughs> but um I, I I always set up the basics for my clients like I always tell my clients when it comes to Asana it's a trial and error what works for someone is not gonna work for somebody else why because everyone's brain look, oh, functions mm-hmm. differently right um, so I always start with the basics and then you can build up from there. And the basics is really to have a place where you can put all of your ideas. So I call it a CEO board and mm. within the CEO board, I have my daily to do's, I have my weekly to do's, and then I have like my brain dump where okay. I put all of my ideas. Yeah. So <clears throat> I am the kind of person where I always have to have a notebook, like right by me. I literally have a journal next to my bed. So when I wake up in the morning, I have any <laughs> ideas or like I dreamt about something, like I'll write it down immediately. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what Asana became for me when it came to business. I will be having a call with a client and I'll have an idea pop up in my head of something that we talked about. And I immediately just go to Asana on my desktop or on my phone and I add that into the breakdown. So something that I, all of my clients, every single one of my clients have in common are post-its. They will have a wall full of post-its. And I have nothing against the post-its, but I don't think it's a more efficient way to organize yourself. And that's kind of what Asana comes to, right? So everything that you have in a post-it, it just has a place on, on your Asana. And I used to be the person that I will write so many things down on notebooks that I will forget that I wrote them down. Mm-hmm. And they will just like... Mm-hmm stay there and dreams that will never do anything about it because I'll yeah. forget about it. Um, so when I have it on my brain dump, on my CEO board, which is the number one CEO board that I go to every single day, multiple times a day, it's always in the front of my mind because I'm always looking at it. So whatever idea, business idea, new product, whatever I came up with and I put it in there, it's constantly going to be there. So it's going to haunt me until I actually work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the number one board that I always start with. Then I have the headquarter board. And the headquarter board, it's where you really put everything that has to do with your business. So in there, I have everything that goes from like your LC papers, your um, mm. tax identification number, all of that important information that you need to have handy most of the time. I just have, you know, I have it on Google Drive, but I have a link um, to the Google Drive in, into Asana. So I can just easily find it. Um, and then I have all of the projects within my business that I'm working on. So whatever, whether it is a new coaching program or a new service, whatever I'm creating, mm-hmm. it's going to be there. And I'm going to have a like step-by-step what I need to do in order to, to create this project. So it's kind of like that idea that I put on my brain dump. Once I start working on it, I move it into the headquarter mm-hmm. on board and I just start develop from there. Um, and then I have my client management. So that's where I organize 
everything that has to do with my clients' projects. Mm-hmm. Each one of them, that's where I keep track of like, if they pay the invoices, if they send the contracts, when it's in the onboarding side of things. And then when I'm actually working on the project, like what are the due dates for each part of the project? Um, if there's anything that they need to give me, I add them into that board, which I think is the coolest thing about mm-hmm. about Asana. And so you can actually add your clients into their specific boards. So they are also aware of what your um your work is, like mm-hmm. what you're mm-hmm. doing and what the process, where the process is at. And you can also have the communication tool with them and anything that you need from them, you can add it in there and they will just, you know, provide it to you. Um and then that's also where I kind of manage all of my social media, content creation, collapse calendar, all of that. It's also within Asana. So really, anything that you can think of that you need to have organized or that you will usually put on a list on a notebook, mm-hmm. like you can have it on Asana. So throughout the months and, you know, working with different clients and working with different projects, my Asana has kind of like shifted as well. Um, and that's the cool thing about it. It's so multiple to like mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you needed to do for your for your business and for the sake of your brain <laughs> yeah um and then it's also like with the subs if you use up here like you can connect pretty much anything to it right and like i have a connection where i send a slack message to myself and it will automatically create a task nice. on Asana. So I, it, it, it's just so, it's just so it's good. It's so good. So I, I love it. I, I actually picked up a few things. So we have for ours, we use, we have like an MBM board where we have like all our internal business stuff. Um, and then we have like our client projects that we're working on. We have our monthly mm-hmm. client projects and we have our like web design projects. Um, but I don't, I, I'm a post-it person. I'm a whiteboard person. I'm a notebook person some reason I haven't used Asana for that but as you're like speaking I'm like yeah this makes total sense to put yeah, it in so there because it, it like the way the boards are they can they look like post-it <laughs> yeah pretty much and like the way I do it again the way my brain functions like with notebook and pen I'm I'm still like I'm I'm actually thinking of buying the iPad because you know it has the iPad mm-hmm, and the pen mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. still you're still writing on it but it's yeah. already digital yeah um, and you think that will probably like save my life but I still so the way I brainstorm it's with my whiteboard and with my notebook and my pen but once I have done the brainstorm then I transfer that into a set and that's okay. when I'm like okay I make it very structured because I'm a very structured person if yeah. I don't have a structure uh, I will like I will go crazy I will have Same. a panic attack I can't breathe <laughs> So um, that, that's kind of how I work it out. So I still use the post-its. I still use my notebooks and my, my whiteboard. But ultimately, everything that I write on there, it's going to be transferred to Asana because it's also going to allow my team to be able to have access to it very easily. Yeah, that makes sense. I love it. Something else that I wanted to touch on as people are listening. So something that was like game changer for me was, so basically, um, so when I started working and I was like working like a freelancer, like I told you, so things are all over the place. Like I kind of had a system for each client, but it was kind of like custom to each client. So what I worked on over and over again, I had to refine it was like, okay, when someone signs up for a website, they go through these exact steps and everyone goes through the same exact thing. Right. Um, so then I created like a template folder in Asana. So like web, like basic web design, business web design, you know, 
so that whenever we have a con or a client that signs a contract for one of our packages, I just like duplicate it, transfer it into a board and they all go through the same exact system and process. So then it was like so easy to train my team on. Right. So then each task, I like, I geeked out so much. So like when I created these templates for each task, I created like a video tutorial, how to mm -hmm. do this, what to expect. So that like, if we onboarded new team members, all they had to do <laughs> was open the task, watch the video tutorial. And yeah, I'm like, there, like you said, there's so much that you can do with Asana. I'm like, I'm obsessed. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So um, that's basically what we call an SOP and Asana praying procedure. Okay, yeah. And it's the number one, it's like the number one thing that I always set up for my clients because that's what's going to make your your business scalable, right? Because yeah. when, you, when you cannot do the job yourself anymore and you need to hire other people, if you don't have a step-step procedure, then your team members are not really going to be able to work to their best abilities because they don't know what they're supposed to do next. So instead of you having more free time, you're going to be wasting more time having to walk each one of your team members every single time to what they should be doing just because there is not a really uh, system. Mm -hmm, so for mm -hmm. Asana, I have two templates that I duplicate over and over. No, actually three. I'm lying. <laughs> I have three templates that I duplicate over and over again. So I have my, um, my client profile template. So that's uh -huh. all... That's kind of like all the information that I get from the checking, I transfer it into my mm. client's board. Um, so I have my virtual assistant do that and all they have to do is just like duplicate the client profile template and adding all the information for that specific client. So that's where like, in that, in that checking form, I ask for their team members information. If they have a team, I ask for their products too. So like what, what are the mm. products at the moment? If there's any upcoming projects and current projects that they're working on that we're going to be working on together. And I have all of that into my client profile. So it's super simple that. because all of my virtual assistant has to do is duplicate it, transfer mm -hmm. all the information from the top side of checking form into the Asana board. And that's it. We're good to go. Yeah. The other template, um, the other template that I have is the launch board. Um, I work on a lot of launches with my clients, so I have a launch board that it's already curated to like everything that needs to have on a launch board, and I duplicate that and I just modify it according to that specific launch. Um, you know, because not everyone does the same thing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but it's like you already have the main template, and it saves you so much more time. Yes, yes, and, and then, it's like um, it's so they make it so easy. And like once you people start doing this, so if you guys are listening, I feel like it's good for like service coaching based, like so many various industries. Oh, yeah. yeah, so many, so many different businesses. I I know of like corporate offices that use Asana yeah, for yeah. for project management because that's originally where Asana was born for, right? It was mm -hmm. for project management uh, for these big corporates. Um, and then the last template that I have is my goals template, which is you know for a yearly basis, and it's the same goal template that I, I use for it. my clients. Yeah, so in this goal template, I have it. I have the annual goal. So what's your revenue goal for the uh, for the year? Um, I work with a lot of like email lists. I, I'm huge on having an email list. So like, what's your email list goal for the year? Um, and I have a lot. Oh, your your business stats. And then um, I divide that into quarters as well. So each quarter is gonna have the quarter goal, and then each month, like, what's the the project that you're working on or the goal that you're working on for each month? And then the same thing, email list and business stats. So I love that. I, I need just, to like, add that into that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so I'm, I'm a very visual person so I need to be constantly like 
if you look at the background of my computer, it's like my dream board that I actually just updated. <laughs> um, like I'm a very visual person and I'm huge into, um, you know, the more you think about things and the more you look at things, like they, they will come to life. They will come mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. I agree with that by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> Lastly, Speaking of email marketing, <laughs> um, that was one of the, right, the third kind of thing that people need to set up in the beginning of their business. So why, I mean, I'm sure people probably heard, but let's hear it from you. Why are email marketing important? What do they need to do in the very beginning to set things up? And then when you're just starting out, I, I'm like, I just realized I'm like throwing all these questions at you, but while people are starting out, like how do they even get started? How do they find, um, people to subscribe to their email list um okay that's a great question so first of all why is that important (laughs) so email marketing is important because it's really the only thing that you own when it comes to social media right so i always i always say your instagram profile your facebook it's it's there right now but it might not be in a couple of years like everyone has myspace um the owner of Nasty Girl, she started her business through MySpace. If she wouldn't have had an email list, she would have lost all of her customers. Because MySpace disappeared and all everyone that had MySpace disappeared with it, right? So if Facebook or Instagram disappears in the next couple of years because TikTok is like the new thing now, then (laughs) you kind of lose all of your customer and you lose your customer base. So your email list, it's first of all, anybody that signs up for your email list is a hot list because they're clearly interested in what you're offering because they took the time to mm-hmm. go into your website and sign up for your email list. Um, so that's for There are hot lists. There are people that are interested in what you are selling. And second of all, you're going to have that email list for the rest of your life. Yeah. And as long as you want to be in business. I have clients that have had their email list for like nine and 10 years. So really it's never gonna go away (laughs) yeah so um, that's one thing then how do you set it up so i always say you have that's like the first thing that you have to set up from the beginning of your business and it's very simple you don't need to have like super fancy website um i know building a website you know this it takes time (laughs) um it takes time to really have all the information everything that you you need to have for your website all of your products all of that but Really, all you need to have is a landing page. And I always say just create a resource, a free resource that you want to, you know, give to your clients to give them value. And then create a landing page where it's your information, who you are, a quick about me, and then um, the information of the freebie. So what's the freebie? What's going to, to what problem is it going to solve for your client? And then just sign up like the the sign up box for them to add their email and get added to your email list. Mm -hmm. And really after that, you just need to have a very strong email sequence, like a welcome email sequence where they get their freebie delivered. Then they get like a valuable email, a a personal story email. So that's kind of like where you connect with the person. And I always say the rule of thumb for a personal email because some people like just kind of want to sell their story and their story has like nothing to do with what what your client's um, problem is. Yeah, the rule of thumb yeah. is for your personal story, you want to pick something that it's either about you or about a client of yours oh. that connects with your client. And the way you do that is by connecting the freebie. So your freebie, 
it's going sense. to solve X problem, right? So you're going to connect their freebie to their problem that you are solving plus whatever your signature offer is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yes. Um, so like in my case, I do, um, I tell the story about how when I decided to move into an OBM and I set up all of my systems and all of my backend for my OBM business, it literally took me three weeks to sign up my clients and make $7,000 in sales. Three weeks, just because I set up such a seamless system that I didn't have to worry about any of the backend stuff and I just had to worry about getting clients and getting my clients work done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So for my for my clients, their problem is setting up their back end, right? And the freebie that I am giving, it's the four main processes that they need to set up within Asana to be able to run their business. Mm, can and I get my, that freebie just in case if I don't have yes, all of them? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then like my signature offer is the headquarters service, which is where I set up all of your backend processes and and streamline your systems in order for you to be able to focus on your um on your money making tasks and just stay on your on your son mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's that's what my personal email is and then after that i do another valuable email where i really provide valuable uh, information again based on systems and what the the main mm-hmm. offer is and what the freebie is and i send in an, a last email with the offer and testimonials and that is it I had an email sequence that it's going to nurture my email list for about four to five weeks. And then after that, I will send emails every now and then with information that it's like recycled from my Instagram posts mm-hmm, and other, mm-hmm. um, other like social media posts that I create that had really good um, engagement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people really feel identified with those information. So I will create an email about that and send it out to my email list every now and then. So it's awesome. very simple, but you are constantly nurturing your email list. And when you least suspect it, they're going to like message you and be like, hey, I won this. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So um, where is the link where people can get this freebie to download? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the link, it's actually on the Mulish Studio uh, Instagram. Okay, cool. You we'll include it. Instagram. Yeah, the link is going to be there. And then I'm I can send it to you so you include it on your (laughs) your podcast information. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So to kind of close the interview off, how can people work with you in 2020? That is a great question because we are so (laughs) booked. But um, so for what's left of July, I'm pretty big. And for August, I only have um, a couple of spots. So how you can work with me is through my full headquarters service package that for because I only have one spot available. And basically with this service, you get a full audit of your current systems. Um, and then we make a strategy to streamline the current systems that you have and then implement any new uh, integrations or anything that you need to really make your, um, your systems work for you and your business. And then that package is on a month-to-month retainer. So every month I'm like working full-time in your business. It's kind of having like an operations manager that is constantly working on your backend and just making sure that everything on the backend is running smoothly and you just need to focus about making money and working with your clients. (laughs) That's (laughs) it. Um, So that's that's my full headquarters service. And then you have two other ways to work with me. 
Um, you have the done for your service uh, where it's basically if you need me to set up your CRM or you need me to set up your Asana, you need me to set up your email marketing, I work on that specific project and then I give you video tutorials on how to use it and I get on a call with you to um, walk you through everything that we did and how to use it. And then you get two weeks access to me of high level support to answer any questions and help you with anything as you are learning to use the, the, the new um, setup. And the last way that you can work with me is with my VIP days. So I usually have two VIP days per month uh, where you can, um, you can work with me a full day. So the VIP day, it's a, we're going to have some call for the whole day and we go deep into your business, mm. look at all of your systems, make a strategy that it's really going to streamline your systems. And then we start implementing. I do all the basics implementations and kind of guide you on how you need to set up the rest. And then again, you have two weeks of high level support with me where I you know, help you walk you through things and answer any questions as you are implementing the rest of your systems. Very, very cool. All of that I feel like is so needed for various CEOs, various like stages of their business. Um, okay, last question. Where can people connect with you online? Um, so they can connect with me through my Moonlight Studio Instagram because the website's under construction until my branding is ready. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they can, they can connect with me through my Moonlight Studio. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I think it was such good information. I'm like gonna download your freebie after this call, just in case, because I feel like I have my sauna board set up pretty well, but there's a few things that you mentioned that I'm like, I don't have that. I don't have that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, it's been a pleasure being here and talking to you. Yay. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode. But thanks again for joining me today and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.